0: Coming up on the Men at the Movies podcast, we get you excited about football with best of times. We see two ways we frequently get trapped. We're either like Jack, constantly replaying our worst mistakes and identifying with them. Or we're like Reno, feeling like our best days are behind us and identified by a greatness we can no longer achieve. We find ourselves stuck because living a broken life is easier than fixing it. But God can't move a parked car and won't fill a net that we don't cast. We've got to wake up, break out of our lethargy, and follow where God leads. Join us as we discover God's truth in this movie.
1: The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways.
0: Every great story borrows its power from a larger story. The story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello, and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald, and joining me is Britt Mooney. Britt, are you ready for some football?
1: I'm ready, man. (laughs) This is our obligatory football movie
0: (laughs) in the fall, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be airing, we'll be airing mid-October. So football season, weather's going to be nice and crisp. No more, hopefully, uh, no more 90-degree days and uh, we'll be enjoying some some fires and some s'mores and hot cocoa and changing and changing colored leaves and all the good stuff that we love about the fall. So how are you doing, man? I'm doing
1: well. It's been uh it's been a good week. Been been busy but had some good conversations and good connections over the last week or two, so God's moving, man. So it's been good. How about you?
0: Awesome. Well, before I answer that, I, would, I want to ask you the question because you said it's been a good week. So what is, and then you you talked about the conversation and how God's moving. So I, I'm sure this somehow leads into our movie. I just don't know how I think yet. it will. So how do you determine like a good week? When you say, oh, I've had a good week. What makes it good versus good? What makes it good? Mm. What makes it good versus, you know? less good.
1: I mean, ultimately, a good week is kind of a combination of, I feel as if I was productive in the things that God wanted me to do, Mm -hmm. that I had disciplined myself, that I applied myself. I didn't slack off in the things that I felt God wanted me to do. Uh, I've been spending some extra time in the prayer room at our church, so uh, the church that I'm going to now is sort of a, a unique fellowship in that they have 24 7 prayer and worship. They have, uh, it's always going on, and that's part of their commitment. So they are very committed to prayer. And so I've been spending some extra time with some other men praying for the defeat of our spiritual enemies and to be the kind of men that we. That our church and, and for our church to have the kind of men we need to lead our families and to lead the church into whatever God has for us next. Um, because a lot of times we think we're waiting on God, but a lot of times God's waiting on us uh, to, be the, to be the kind of people He can trust with the amazing blessing He has. And which is why we go on heroes' journeys. <laughs> that's that's why we. <laughs> that's the whole point. So um so I, so that's been happening. I feel like I've got a lot of uh, revelation and and things, vision and stuff from the prayer times. Some great times of just connecting with people at church and and lunches with friends and um, connecting times with my wife. Um, It's it's all about giving myself to the process. I've gotten Hmm. to the point in my life where it's not really about the achievement of a single goal as much as it is, was I committed to the process? Because Jesus didn't say, read this book and then you'll become fishers of men. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, they just had to be committed to the following and he would do the making and so i've gotten to that point in my life as a writer as a husband as a father if i'm as uh, if i'm is com- a as a child of god if i'm committed to the process then good things happen <laughs> blessed things happen and so for me it's that combination of you know was i intentional about connecting with my kids was i intentional about connecting with my wife was i intentional about the responsibilities and and the influence that God has given me. So I find contentment and satisfaction in those because I think a lot of men, and we'll get to this in the movie, a lot of men feel like it's hard work to get to those places of connection with the people Mm -hmm. in their life. And so they don't. Yeah. And they think it's okay. Oh well, it's okay. We'll just kind of hang out and we'll just we won't really talk. We won't blah, 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 blah. and and then but that's a process too. <laughs> and if you commit yourself to that process, you don't want to go where that's gonna take you. Right. And so to the um,
0: bowels of our souls. And
1: but but if but if <laughs> but if you put the effort in, you find the joy. The joy is on the other side of that, of that effort of showing up and and trying as we've talked about, just showing up. Just showing up and being present in conversation and where what God's called you to. You actually get a lot of joy from it. So that's what I mean. That's a long freaking answer. But that's what I mean (laughs) when I say it was a good week.
0: A good week is what Charles Stanley would say, you know, he's he deter he defined success by Did I follow God today? Right and if i did th- like the results aren't up to us the results are up to him but the other part is the blessing it i mean it might be financial it might be opportunity it might be all these things but more often than not what you 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 use these words contentment and peace and joy those are the blessings and uh i don't want to say it's not been a good time here but it's been challenging because one of my best friends uh, has been diagnosed with pancreatic Mm, cancer.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And so where do we go with that? Like, how do you have a good week when that happens? But you see that increased connection. You see that God working, you see God moving in, in the relationships and, and in the community and how they responded to him and how our, our small group of friends is, is responding. And we are in the middle of football season, as we mentioned with, with Brian last week, talking about legend Around here, we have a a saying for the Panthers of keep pounding. And it originated with Sam Mills, a linebacker, a linebacker coach here for the Panthers who got cancer. Mm -hmm. And in his speech for the, to the team, he said, keep pounding. And so I just wanted to take the opportunity again to tell my buddy Jeremy to keep pounding, man. And we're all praying Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. You know, you teed this up. It's, Like, that question wasn't on our (laughs) pre-show conversation. But you you really teed up this movie kind of perfectly, as God does uh, often. That idea, like, you said, yeah, I've had a good week. And when you look at these two guys, these main characters, Kurt Russell playing Reno, the star quarterback who gets hurt in their last game, and uh, Robin Williams playing Jack, who's the wide receiver who dropped the ball on the the ultimate play that would have given them a win over their play a team they've never beaten. They had not had a good 13 years. <laughs> so it's been 13 years since their senior s- season they played and you know this movie came out in 86. So it was like yeah, you know, fall of 72 they played and we we see Jack again Robin Williams character he's a bank manager now, but he's been handed the job by his, his father-in-law and he basically lives the misery of you drop the pass. People call him butterfingers. They don't toss the keys to him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you see Reno, he's a, a not even a, really a mechanic, more of a van painter. Yeah. You know, there's, there's not a lot of calling for that in, in this little small podunk town, they decide it'd be a good idea. Let's replay the game and try to recapture, revitalize the the town, rejuvenate, reawaken. And so they do that. And, you know, as, we, as I like to say, chaos ensues. <laughs> and this being this sort of movie back in the mid 80s, of course, Jack's going to catch the ball at the end of the game and go <laughs> off and change everybody's perception of him. But it's how we get there that's part of it. And so what we're going to talk about today is sort of these these the character sketch of these two men, Reno and Jack, their different outlook on the past 13 years and then how what they did was transformative not just to the community, but to themselves. And I think we see that with us. If we transform ourselves, if we become more wholehearted, We then transform our families, which then transform the community. But we can't start if we're still broken. And that's where we see both Jack and Reno. And we're going to start with Jack. He's the guy who dropped the ball. For 13 years, he's been living with that. That's what he's known for, even though he's the vice president of a bank. Good job, makes money if I remember correctly, the very first scene we see him, he's sitting in a closet in his office replaying the dropped catch 13 years later. And, you know, I mean, his doorbells, the, the high school fight song, this dude has some issues. And, and <laughs> as you were talking about before, back in the 80s, for a lot of men, especially, high school was your glory days. That was the best of times, right? It, it was all that. It didn't get better than that because what you see now is he's a bank manager. He's got a job. He's got responsibility. He's got wife and a daughter. He's not connecting with Reno's got this sort of failed car, van shop that is struggling. He's missed his mortgage payments. His marriage is on the rocks. He's got a teenage son. So you see two guys sort of entering their midlife crisis. But in in very different aspects. So he's, so Jack is looking at the past, replaying this scene over and over and over, which I'm sure nobody listening has ever done.
1: (laughs) Right. So uh, another thing I love about this is that they, these two guys are still friends. Like, I can't imagine that these two guys were friends in high school. But somehow, and they never explain why these guys are friends now. But these guys are friends; their wives are friends, and so just to set it up, there's this. It's not really even a rivalry. A, a rivalry would mean that some, close. well, that somebody <laughs> that that the other team wins sometimes, right? Right. Um, but so there's Bakersfield, which I guess was you know the bigger city, which I, I've never heard of Bakersfield, California, but. And then Taft is the small town and Taft would always get creamed. But since Reno Hightower was this amazing college, I mean, a high school quarterback, they had a halfway decent team and they almost won. And this guy, Jack was the reason why this down on their luck town with bad weather and horrible, horrible situations. And they always get beat down and, uh, they didn't get their one chance at glory. They, they, yeah. they, 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 they didn't get their one chance. And, and I kind of wrote down when I was watching it, I said, is it, which is worse, to never have the chance to have a glory moment or to have the chance and fail?
0: Which is well, worse? Well, Shakespeare would say it's better to have loved and lost than never oh, right? to have loved it at would all. would have. And, but what and, does he know? And, and I think that
1: <laughs> That, that's one of the themes that we'll get to as we talk about this is that he wishes and he tells Rena, Why did you throw me? Why did you throw the ball to me? I mean, obviously, he was open, right? I mean, that right. was one reason. And he was on the field, he was a receiver. And, uh, but he wasn't a natural athlete. He talks about it one time in the bar, where he's like, I, You know, I, I got this, I got this. Yeah. Essay, you know, it was a heck of an essay, man. And it was just, uh, he was known for being more intellectual and a goofball. But he just, he said, my one mistake is I tried out for the football team my senior year. And then my, his whole, and now, so all he sees is his mistakes. And like Mm -hmm. you said, I can, I think a lot of men and people and women, like they can, they can look back and see that. They can see Maybe not in a comedic way, like he just dropped the football. Like in the in the grand scheme of life, that's really not that big of a deal.
0: But I mean, that's a that's a that's a you know, cliche people say, Oh man, you really dropped the ball on that one.
1: It's a cliche, right? When you man, screw not.
0: up, when you mess up the presentation, it's like oh drop the ball on that one.
1: Dropping the ball is just a they just they made a whole movie about a cliche. <laughs> but when when you were in high school and you you were part of a team, and we were talking about this before we started recording. Like for a lot of guys, especially guys for those times who were in their 30s and the 80s, your high school time was your glory days. And there I mean, Bruce Springsteen has a great song about it called Glory, glory Days. It's a great song. Because this was a time when you felt like you fit in, you felt like you uh, you had a, a crew, you had friends, you you are part of something bigger than yourself in in a very positive way, and especially with sports, kind of gives you this. And, and and you know the local community would really hype it up, and and there's cheerleaders, and there's coaches, and there's all the sort of things that go around these. Uh, these events. And so you feel like this is your glory days. And then you get beyond that. And what a lot of people don't realize about men, which is part of that, that really funny video you sent me. Well, what a lot of people don't get about men is when they get to their, when they hit 40 and we've talked about this on the podcast before men, 40 and older in our culture are recording Like the highest amount of loneliness ever in the history. Mm. Like they when they were when they were in high school, and then when they were in college.
0: It took me a minute to remember what video it was you were referencing. (laughs) The guy who pretended to be a uh, hosting a podcast just to get an excuse to talk to his friends.
1: It's funny, but it's also very telling about men in their middle age because we we crave connection with other men but but we're almost we're almost not encouraged against it but it's almost almost made fun of for it or oh you guys are just going to watch a game or you guys are just going to do something stupid or you guys are just going to you know whatever I, because we had that when we were younger and and we had a sense of fulfillment because of it and now we think well, the, a good job and a good house and a good car and a good – like all these trappings of American life, if we've achieved them, they should give us satisfaction and then they don't because we, we don't have that connection. Uh, There's
0: nobody cheering you when you change diapers in the, the middle of the night. Or, that's
1: right. and so, <laughs> mow so, the lawn. So, so because these two men – now, like you said, Reno has a little bit of a different problem is that – he, he's stuck in the past in a different way. He's stuck in the past as if, like, I had my glory days. Now I can just live out the rest of my life. They'll
0: pass you by glory
1: days. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to that song. Later. <laughs> but both of them, both of these men, their marriages are failing. Jack is, Jack says, you know, I'm a bad lover. You know, does she say, does she say you're a bad lover? Oh, she's, she knows. And um, (laughs) I don't have to tell her. I'm not going to tell her. I'm not going to bring it up. But, but my point is they're in this place where their lives aren't really satisfying them and Reno has settled, but, but Jack is something's motivating him, his past, his mistake, his whole reputation is failure, which for men is the worst. Right. And so, so he has this time. So instead of really talking with his wife, it's just, hi, fine. How are you? Okay. Get the chips. Like that's, yeah. If you're, if you're married, you know, this conversation, we're just talking about what we need to do today. It's just checking in about, the necessities of life. And there, but there's no real connection. And in order to get connection, he has to go pay a prostitute just to sit and talk with her. And so that's, that's the first scene that we're going to kind of get to. Uh,
0: this guy, then I know he's, and I'm not minimizing his past, his life, his trauma, because he's been through a lot. Right. But he's basically said his wife is sort of tired of hearing it.
1: Tired of hearing,
0: and Jack's wife, Ellie, is the same way. She's tired of hearing it, so he goes to the the trailer park massage person. But then she actually suggests something to him. Instead of just sitting there moaning about it like he has for the last three, 13 years, do something about it. I know every county line in the San Joaquin Valley. I came here a few months back for a little variety. All I hear about is some Thai game played 13 years ago I can barely remember. Oh, come on, Bella. You were a gridiron princess. Remember the homecoming queen? Come on. You remember Reno, remembers the whole goddamn town, remember? Okay, I remember. And, and? And you should have caught the damn ball. I knew it! can't you make a comeback from what i'm not a has-been i'm mean, a never was i aspire to be a has-been oh that's it jack i am not listening to this crapola and it is crapola every week if you've got unfinished business finish it oh Play the game again. What do you mean, just play the game again? You can't play the game again. Why not? Because you can't rewrite history. Why not? It's an unnatural act. <gasps> Jack, there is no such thing as an unnatural act. I should know. Tell me one good reason that you can't play that game again. Just all right, all right, all right, I'll right, tell you. Okay. All right, you can't because... Mm-hmm. Because... One reason, Jack, just one. I know a natural axe.
1: Hey, you can't <laughs> tell me. We we get stuck. And, and man, you know, I've told people this and I and I I, I act on it myself cuz I've learned God can't move a parked car. In other words, hmm. you you got to start moving. And and you move towards something constructive and positive. And when you do that, stuff starts happening, and that's what happens in this movie: is that he gets the idea from this woman, which later on, I love how he he takes credit for the idea. I had this great idea, uh, <laughs> but he
0: well, that's because then he'd have to admit he went to see Darla <laughs> in
1: the in the loner car. And so when when we feel stuck, it's like you you got to get moving on something. And you, you got to start shaking it up, and it doesn't have to be replay a whole football game, maybe, but 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 instead of wallowing in it, one of my one of my favorite scriptures, and I, I is it Moses, Moses or jo- no Joshua, in the book of Joshua, when they go and one of the one of the people had taken something from Jericho that they weren't supposed to. And they went to the next town or the next city and they lost the battle. Joshua is on his face before God and God says, get up. There's sin in the camp. Go take care of it. In other words, stop whining to me about it. I'm telling you what the problem is. It's not constructive to just sit here and cry about it. (laughs) Like, let's go and fix, go and do something about it. And so he's given... And he's given a purpose. So now instead of just being wallowing in this like uh place, now he has purpose. So, so he says, I aspire to be a has been Reno is the has been <laughs> Reno is actually, he actually wishes he was Reno. Everybody remembers him as this great person. So it's total opposite ends of the spectrum. Now that he's motivated, he's excited and he's trying to share this purpose that he has now this, I, I could have a second chance. There's hope. And he keeps getting shot down. Um, and oh, by the way, there, here's another little thing. I, I thought this was interesting. He tells Darla, the prostitute lady, he's like, I'm a bad lover. And she's like, how do you know? He is like, Oh, you know, women, women know. But then when he comes home and he gets, he gets passionate with his wife about this, and you see the look of look on her face, like, ooh, like that's exciting. But then she still tries to convince him not to, even though she she kind of was attracted to this guy who has passion, who had who's going, you know, and I just think that's that's normal. When when we feel like, man, I just I need to break out of this, you're going to get resistance. You're going to get people who don't understand, you're going to get people who who are gonna say, Man, oh, What's the problem? But his marriage is failing. And Reno's marriage is failing. Like They, they need to move forward.
0: So, sort of the theme of this is that living a broken life is easier than fixing it. Yeah. What you were just saying is he's got a new vision. He's passionate about it. He's like, I can fix what's wrong with me, basically. And, and you see so many guys who can't, who can't get past that. Of, well, I failed in my first marriage, so I'm never getting married again. Or I screwed up my kids, so instead of trying, I'll just sort of sit back and let bygones be bygones. Or, you know, I'm I'm just an addict. And, and I'm not saying that addiction isn't a thing. But when we say that this is all we ever can be, one, we're, we're limiting what God can do and the freedom that he can provide. Thank you. But we spend so much time focusing on the past. If I can just figure out, you know, and and, and I think therapy is a great idea, but even for me, it's like, it doesn't really matter where this dysfunction came from. What matters is, what are you going to do with it now? It's like, we can, we can uncover every stone in the past to figure out, oh, this is why this happened and you're insecure. This is why this happened and you're lonely. This is why this happened and you go to success. Where you go to all these things for validation, for purpose, for identity. And that's great. Okay. Now I know the, the what, but, it, but then we just are like Jack replaying it constantly. Well, if this hadn't happened, I'd be better off. If this hadn't happened, I wouldn't be so jacked up. If this hadn't happened, people would like me better. Instead of saying, yes, that happened, what am I going to do about it now? Hmm. We get stuck in, yes, this happened and woe is me. And I'm so broken. I'm so messed up. And we don't go do something. I'm not. And sometimes it is sort of a replay of what happened in the past. You know, I've had that happen with jobs where I get sort of a second opportunity, a second chance at a job, get to sort of do it the right way. You know, it, sometimes game, or life feels like a video game where, you know, if we fail the boss level, we're going to have to try it again. <laughs> And we see that with Jack and like you were saying with Reno, his is different mm. because he is checked out. He he hurt his knee on that play. He remembers, again, the glory days thing of this is the best it ever was. And I blew out my knee and now I'm just trying to make life work. It's easier to be, you know, the, his wife's Volkswagen bug is busted. He is a mechanic. He could fix it. But he even says at one point, if I fix it, I'm afraid she'll leave me. So instead of trying to fix himself, he just doesn't fix the car. And that's what I love about the idea that that Jack has when he goes to Reno. Because at this point, both their wives have kicked them out. Gigi is leaving Reno because she wants to be a singer. Ellie's kicked Jack out because... He picked the game over sex with her. (laughs) What I'm (laughs) I'm just saying, he's not that bright. Um, I mean, we, we actually see that. Don't, I mean, I think we experience it. If we're sort of caught up with something, if we're in our own heads, like Jack is at that moment, we, we can't pursue our wives romantically, sexually, like we have to fix ourselves before we can pursue them pursue their hearts and 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 sort of create that passion because we feel broken we feel like he says i'm a bad lover (laughs) And, and but what he says to to what what jack says to reno is i know how you can get her back and he the game is the the carrot but what is it it's remembering who you were, that fire, that passion, that sort of love of life, but also even just getting in shape, caring about yourself. Because both these guys had given up on who they were. Yep. And so I'm going to play this clip. This was after Jack said, I know how you can get her back. So they go to the football field and Jack is pitching Reno and he starts with, you know, nobody did a better football pose for a picture (laughs) than you did. Pose for me. What? Nobody could pose for football pictures like you could. Oh my god. Just give me that one. Give me that one where your stiff arm in the tackler and your right arm is cocked for the quick release. Jack, you can't play that game again. And you
1: know what Shooty'd say to that? The words
0: of Lucifer. <laughs> Are you horny to win? Now come on, you commie pissants. Let's play some football. Remember? You were in those home whites. Gigi loved you in the home whites. And you had on those goddamn white shoes. You were the only quarterback in the history of Kern County to have white shoes. True. And then we'd run down that long tunnel. All of a sudden, the photographers, Mr. Hightower, and the crowd going, <laughs> They're calling your number now. Number 12. <laughs> Reno Hightower. Give me the pose. Yes. Don't forget the teeth. The teeth. Yes. Oh, this means you'll play. <laughs> oh, we get killed, Jack. You can't remake history without an offensive line. We'll get an offensive line. I don't want to throw the football anymore. I can't believe that, Reno. I don't want to throw a beer can into a trash bin anymore, because if I miss, some jerk's going to say, hey, Reem, what's the matter, losing the whole touch, huh? What? I'm not a quarterback anymore. I'm, I'm a van specialist, and I like it. I'm good at it. I don't
1: want to play. Full disclosure, I know IMDb gives us like a whatever, five out of ten, and Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> gives it 31%. 31. This was like a huge <laughs> movie for my family. We had this on VHS, and we just watched, we watched this all the time. But here's part, of, here's part of the thing. So, number one, you get resistance, and part of the resistance is – you don't have what it takes to do this they may not say it that way they may not say the, they may not say those words but you're you you're, you will just get killed so his wife to go back to that scene with his wife she actually makes him choose she says jack's wife jack's wife makes him choose you either have me or the game and he's like don't make me choose and she's making him choose because she thinks she's saving him embarrassment she thinks that she's saving him from another f- he's he didn't handle the first failure very well so why would we set him up for another one and so you have people in your life that they in your life they think they're doing you a favor sometimes by saying this isn't for you. You're not really cut Mm. out for this. But here's the thing. No one has all that they need when they start. No one does. No one has all that they need when they start. If you waited to have all that you needed before you start, you would never start. Never. Nobody would. You just got to start and see what happens. Both Jack and Reno We're in story, whichever, the the regular story, the everybody else's story. And Jack is trying to move not just himself. His vision is bigger than himself. His vision is... I'm not the only one who's stuck in the past. I'm not the only one who's stuck it like this. Mm. The whole town is stuck like this. And this, my motivation is, yes, for me, but my motivation is also to get everyone out of lethargy and the bowels of hell. And he keeps saying bowels (laughs) of hell. But that's where they are, and they don't know it. And he's trying to wake everybody up. And, and Reno, after this conversation, by the way, so Jack has to manipulate Reno along the way and he manipulates him with, cause he's the bank guy and, and Reno's yeah. behind on the mortgage. So he manipulates him and Reno goes to the town, the town leader guys in the lodge. And he says, and he asks an honest question at the bar. He says, do you think Taft is lethargic? And the and the and the guy the at the lodge goes, absolutely, that's what I love about it. Like <laughs> we're just the same thing every day. Who no one's moved in, no one's moved out. Like it's the same thing every day.
0: Well, and there are some churches like that, aren't there?
1: Right. But but <laughs> but what happens when what happens with lethargy? What happens with sitting still? Like it, it starts to it starts to get weird. It starts to get it's death, right? That's death. So so the town the town votes him down by the way. So the town votes him down because they they're like this is full of crap. This is just, you know, BS. But he's right. The town does need this. He needs this. Reno will get can get her back if he will if he'll step up again. He's right about all of this. And as dark as it gets, he he proves that that he's right, that if we just get moving, something good's going to happen. And I, I love that.
0: Because we talk a lot about in, in these movies, who's the, the transformed person? I don't really think Jack transforms much. He does a little bit, but it's not the massive transformation. The transformation we really see is in Reno and the town, and Jack is the catalyst. Mm-hmm you know he puts on the tiger suit to make it look like Bakersfield came in and trashed their town and trashed their high school and all this stuff to rile everybody up. He's the one moving, you know, manipulating people to 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 get the game to happen. Even to the point where he at halftime when they're losing big, he 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 pisses off Reno by saying I was the tiger who threw pain on your wife. It but it flipped the switch for Reno so that he became the person because they they run they start getting in shape they're doing aerobics they they to the point their wives are like man they're looking good well you didn't we didn't need a football game to no. care about how we looked and to be fit and to to be healthy the town it's like it reminded me of the scene in cars where like oh the road looks so nice but our shops look like crap the theater reopens all these places they they paint the town. Gets in shape, basically. And you you feel that rejuvenation of the community. And again, here's these guys suffering in isolation, but they're moving together with camaraderie, with, with community. And that's, what, again, what we see in our own lives is it's really easy to suffer playing replays in our head, mm. feeling like down and out, worried about what the audience will say. You know, he's like, I don't want to throw something away because if I miss the trash can, they're going to do me like they're doing you, butterfingers. Right. Iron hands. (laughs) And he's afraid of that. But once they sort of engage in it, once they start pursuing, once they become really, you know, this is a question we ask at, at our men's retreat, which is actually coming up here like next week. Uh, spot's still open at carolinasoutpost.com, <laughs> but, but one of the questions when we talk about the, the, our pursuit of the woman's heart and, and how that's different and how to do that and sort of become aware of the ways we've damaged the, the, the hearts of the women in our lives, and afterwards we have a question. Describe the man your wife married. Describe the man you are today what does that gap look like? Mm. And with, with both of those guys, you see that gap. Mm -hmm. And they slowly through the course of the training and all this other stuff, they become more whole. They become healed, but they become, you know, in their strength, even the, the father-in-law becomes proud of him for catching the ball for, for not dropping. And he's like, ah, he's no clown. That's my (laughs) son-in-law.
1: So, uh, so Jack does have an arc. He does have a transformation, which is at the end of the movie, he does pursue her and he goes into the women's bathroom and he, he bears his soul to her. So he does, he, he, he does pursue her.
0: And what does he start with? I was wrong. I was wrong. You
1: gave me the choice. You gave me the choice. I should have chosen you. I should yeah. have chosen you when you gave me the choice. I was wrong. But here's why he he gets to that point. So because we, we don't want to skip over this. I wrote down the enemy organizes faster than we do. Okay? So what happens in the movie is is everyone tells him no. His wife has kicked him out. Reno is like, we'll just we're just going to get he has to manipulate Reno. Uh, the the Town lodge, Aouga guys are like, no, no, we're not gonna do this. And so he gets a phone call from his father-in-law, mm. who's the owner of the bank, who's Bakersfield USA dude. And he has he has gotten the team together. So while while Jack is hearing no, 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 the enemy's ready. <laughs> the other team is lined up. Ready to go, and so that creates a little desperation in Jack. But but my point is is that that, that these these are things. This is the resistance that we're gonna we're gonna deal with when the devil wants us in the in the lethargy. the The last thing the enemy wants is for you to get up and start moving. That's the last thing he wants, because if he can't get you into hell, he wants to steal your purpose. He wants to steal what God has for you to do.
0: And it's interesting that you say that, Britt, because just this weekend, I I told you before, I was like, Sunday, I woke up. I'm like feeling tired all the time. It's not from lack of sleep. I'm sleeping fine. I'm not struggling any of that. But I'm, I'm sitting on the front porch, my back hurts, my hips hurt, you know, we're, we're doing the old man thing, comp- comparing, <laughs> comparing ailments and stuff, but it's like, I should, I should walk, like my legs feel, you know, like if you haven't walked in a while or done activity, your legs are like, you need to move, and I'm just like, it's just so hot, I just don't want to, what's the point? Like getting frustrated, I'm trying to to lose weight to get under 200 pounds, and I've been stuck in this like 207 to 212 range for months. Mm. I was like, why am I bothering? Mm. Why why am I trying? Why am this is stupid? I'm failing obviously. Why why am I doing this? You know, the our pastor a few weeks ago did a sermon from I think it's the John 22. Where the after Jesus' resurrection, the disciples are out. They're throwing uh, their, their nets, and they fished all night. And Jesus is there on the shore. He's like, "Oh, friends, have you caught anything?" Like he doesn't <laughs> know. Nope. And that's what I told my wife. I was like I'm just really tired of throwing down empty nets, of pulling in empty nets. And it's really like I mean, this is a comedy, caricatured stereotype, you know, blown out over overacted as you could tell from the clips we've played so far.
1: <laughs> this is early Robin Williams. Okay. Where <laughs> everything had to be on 11. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's what it feels like. You know, when you talked about the resistance, yeah, it's like, why you know, the idea resistance is futile. Why do you keep, why are you trying to do this? You're never going to succeed. You're never going to move in this direction you're going to be tired. You're going to be hopeless. Struggle. Uh, you know, my son, we watched the soccer games this weekend and he's just on his phone. And I'm like, this is where I try to connect and I'm trying to connect. I'm trying to do the right thing and engage with him and have a relationship. And it just feels empty. Hmm. We can paint the enemy and our opposition. Like it's a cartoon, like mm-hmm. it's fake, like it doesn't exist or it's some extreme example But when it's you're arguing with your wife and instead of apologizing, you kind of stick to your guns or you just go off and watch a movie or porn. Like, I know guys that have done that. And you could do that with your kids. Well, what's the point? I'm not going to try because every time I try, he shuts me down and whatever. I'll think about it. Good. Good. You are know, the one word <laughs> answers. We both have teenage boys. We are both experiencing this. And the temptation is to give up. The temptation is to quit trying because we're just like, what? why bother? I'm just going to fail again. I'm just going to look stupid again. I'm just going to drop the ball again.
1: And in that story that you were talking about with Jesus, what does he say next? Cast the nets one more time. That's yeah. the last thing you want to do. We have been working all night when we when it was supposed to work. We were doing yeah. it when it was supposed to work. We're we're professional fishermen. Jesus. As I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, I have learned that the process will work, but man, there are a lot of days when it feels like the process isn't working. <laughs> and and right. and it's like but his mercies are new every morning. His, his mercies are, I have to take up my cross every day. I have to receive his mercies every day. Every day I get Jesus going, Just cast in that one more time. But I, haven't, I haven't caught anything in weeks. Just cast it one more time. Are you serious? Like, I have to cast the <laughs> net another
0: time? Well, and one last thing on that that story. the And the pastor, you, you know, he's, it was almost like it's, he's done a series on it. So he said, you know, they're about a hundred yards from shore, ready to give up. So they're a hundred yards from, from, you know, it takes a hundred yards of work to get in. Yeah. The boat was what, eight feet wide? they're like they're closer to their success. They're closer to the filling up the nets mm. than they are to giving up.
1: Mm.
0: And that's what we see in this is like Jack could have given up. It would have been easier. And he it he it wouldn't change his he's already sort of the pariah, so nobody cares. Oh, Butterfingers flake. Oh, you canceled on us scared of us. All those things are true. But instead, because because living a broken life is easier than fixing it. But at some point a broken life becomes unlivable. And we all go through that that rock bottom.
1: Yeah. You don't want where that broken life's going. No. <laughs> I mean you, you just you just you just don't want that. So I mean think about the amount of courage that it took for Jack to not agree with. Everyone's assessment of him. He felt it. I mean, he overacted, felt it in that, you know, first (laughs) scene we played. (laughs) Uh, Ah! He's screaming, you know, such early Robin Williams. (laughs) And, and yet he, he kept fighting. I'm going to, that's not who, that's not who I am. I can be something different. I don't have to be that. I don't have to be that person. And, Man, I'm just telling you, so uh, one of my favorite things that starts to happen is uh, as you said the town the town gets revitalized and Reno pursues her cuz she's moved out. Reno's wife Gigi has asked for a divorce. Uh by the way, Kirk Cameron's in this. Uh, and yep. and his so little, is, uh, yes. And his little sister from <laughs>
0: from Growing Pains. Uh, Tracy something, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I can't remember her last anyways, name.
1: So the, the, two <laughs> of the kids from Growing Pains are in this thing. <laughs> so, but it's before Growing Pains, obviously. She has moved out on, into the motel and she's asked for a divorce and she's waiting to get the car fixed. She's just waiting to get out. She She's like, I, I'm stuck here. I, I, nothing's going to move forward. And and she even says at one point, one of, I mean – to me, it's good writing in the sense of it's the last thing you want your wife to hear is your father has lost his drive. It's the last thing you want your wife to say he's lost. He's lost his drive. He's lost that thing that made me love him, which was, you know, like she says at the end, God, I love watching you play (laughs) like, and but she, he had lost that. And so, but he goes to her with flowers and puts himself out there again. And he sings.
0: I do birds. <laughs> just like Parenthood.
1: Uh, they were around the same time. I think, yeah, I think this one was first. I think this movie was first, but yes. And she, you can tell her heart's softening towards them again. And, right. and, and Ellie's like, no, we got
0: to get out of here. Cause she starts singing along and Ellie's like, <laughs> we're we gotta just going get- to give in.
1: <laughs> but the, it looks like they're going to fail again because even though they revitalize a the town and they've had a big dance and all of this stuff, and it seems like it's all going to work or, or they're about to have the big dance, they're almost to the big dance, um, Reno says, have you seen the enemy? Have you seen the guys who are actually going to play? And, and Jack realizes what a huge colossal mistake (laughs) he's made is that we have every, he thinks everyone else is right, but everyone else now thinks that Jack is right because his wife says he's done it. He's changed everything. He's changed the town. The town has life again. And, He's actually right. done what he said he was going to do. And, and she realizes that even if they don't win the game, it was all worth it. And, and that to me is an important lesson because we said this in the beginning, uh, what, have you said from Charles Stanley, like my job is to get up and cast the nets again. It's God's job to fill the nets but he can't fill nets I don't cast. Yeah. He can't. He, he, not only will he won't, but he just can't. He can't right. fill a net I don't cast. It, and so they only have an opportunity for redemption because he got them to this point. And, and, and and even though he was resigned, but he wasn't completely resigned because <laughs> he had to try to piss off Reno so he could make him a jerk again. And then I love what was the, the, what the guy uh, Jackson or whoever at, the, at halftime goes, who, right. "Who woke you up?" And 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 that is a good week to me. I feel like I was awake this week. <laughs> I feel like I, I, maybe that's the Ooh. simplest way to say it. I feel like I was awake this week i was awake mm. to god i was awake to my purpose i was awake to my wife i was awake to my kids i was awake to what god had in front of me i cast my nets again and maybe i failed but i'm telling you he can't he can't fill a net you don't cast and and it's one of those things where they would not have had the cheesy ending <laughs> if if he hadn't pushed and pushed and gone against the resistance and, and even if they had lost, his wife realized this was worth it. This was worth it to have this man back, to have someone to, to feel the connection to all, all of the things that they felt. Um, it was worth it.
0: Well, you realize your life isn't defined by that. And you realize that the best days are ahead. I mean, I remember trying to teach my kids as they're going into high school. This is going to be great. It's not the best. If it's the best, you're screwing up somewhere. Uh, even college. College are great memories. But Thank if you. I look back at college, and be like, man, I wish I was back there. Then something's missing from our mm-hmm. life today. So I love that what you said is, who woke you up? And so my my challenge for everybody listening is, where do you need to wake up? Where have you been satisfied living a broken life, sort of getting by? Where do you need to throw more nets? Where do you like, oh no, my, I am not responsible for the results. I do what God's called me to do. And that's my measure of a good day. Because if we do that, if we release the result, and that's how Paul could say, I know what it's like to be full. I know what it's like to be hungry. I've been naked. I've been clothed. I've been, you know, the, the spectrum He's survived the spectrum and I have learned to be content whatever my situation is and that's how you do all things through Christ it's not lifting a new personal record in the gym it's being content when you get horrible terrible news I get my my, my buddy with, with cancer we were talking and he's like this is you know this is where you put your faith where your faith meets the road and and he's he's been a missionary and, and all this stuff It's like uh, you know people can lose their faith you know people get angry people feel it's unfair how can this happen how can God let this happen and he laughed he's like this would be a really dumb time to leave my faith <laughs> <laughs> like facing my own death feel like I should double down here just to make sure <laughs> and that's how you can live. Even though you're you're struggling, even though you get terrible news externally, you might lose your job, you might lose your kids, you might the, the terrible stuff is gonna happen. But we're still called to throw our nets. And and hopefully this will turn us the, the, those bad news, those cataclysmic reports that we get, don't cause us to hide in our office closets watching replays of what we could have done what we should have done this wouldn't have happened if i had done this differently because that's going to get us nowhere but instead it should wake us up to connect with those who matter the most yes and turn us to god to say god i feel like i lost i mean that's what the the psalms are full of those sorts of things is where are you i'm broken i'm this where are you The, the the nations are laughing at you, God. I'm waiting for you to show up. And we just have to trust that he will.
1: Uh, as we're closing here, I- I'm reminded of when my wife and I came back from Korea. So I graduate from college. My wife and I have jobs as teachers in public school in our county. And God calls us to another country. You know, I'm not saying this is what everyone has to do. I'm just saying this is what happened. And so my wife and I go to another country and have an amazing four years. And we come back from Korea. God calls us to America again. And when we come back, some friends of ours hear that we're in town some friends of mine from high school hear that I'm back in town. And these are guys I was very close to in high school. And they're like, Hey, we're getting together at the bar, come and have a beer with us. And I'm like, I'm there. I haven't seen these guys in forever. Sounds great. And I have just gotten back from four years of mission work. And we don't have time to tell all the stories. (laughs) And so when i sit down and i remember the first time i sat down with these guys and they're like you remember this teacher in a, in 11th grade remember when we did this remember glory days they were they they just they only talked about stuff that we had done together i'm like i haven't seen you guys in you know 15 years well like it had been like 5 or 6 years at that point if i hadn't seen you guys in forever last time i saw everybody was at the 10 year high school union. so i'm back from korea i've seen people get healed i've seen money show up in my bank account i like i have stories of what happened yesterday <laughs> and these guys are and and i don't have anything against Reminiscing to some degree, but that was all we did for two hours. You remember when this happened? Remember, and then the next time we got together, oh, I remember when this happened. Remember when this happened? When we were, in the, oh, I remember this teacher and all. You know, here's here's what I'm like. I just don't care. I, and I had I I had this feeling like, why are we talking about? And they were still upset about mm. stuff that happened. Oh, I remember when this happened. She you put she, me in you know, detention. This girl cheated on me, and oh, I hated her. And I was like, "Dude!" So I guess my challenge is to people: it doesn't have to mean you go to Korea. It doesn't have to be something extremely, you know, radical. But what are you doing in your life right now that excites you, that you want to talk about right now? What are you doing? I I don't know. It can be anything. But start somewhere. Start with, if you don't have that thing, then find a thing that that is. And it may, you know, I I don't know what it could be. It could be anything. But get involved in something That you want to talk about with other people, that you are excited enough that when you sit down and have lunch with somebody and they say, what's going on? And you say, well, let me tell you about this that I've been doing.
0: Where do I begin?
1: Where do I start? And it could be just something, whatever, but that it's just something you're excited about that breaks you out of the routine and puts you on a different process. And here's why, here's the sad part is I would come home from Korea and talk about all these amazing things that happened. And my friends would look at me and go, we've just been doing the same thing every day. We don't even, we, we don't, we can't compete with this. <laughs> and I, and I, and I was like, but you could, right? <laughs> like the, the same spirit is there. Give me one reason, yeah. one reason. <laughs> and, and so I just want to encourage everybody Keep casting the nets, get involved in something that excites you, get involved in something. And, and you know, I think Paul says that makes you come alive because that's what people need. That's what our world needs is Christians coming alive in something that excites them. That's the kind of thing that gives people hope. And you can and and yes, you'll get resistance, and there's an enemy that'll try to get you to stop. And there'll be people in the enemy and voices who are gonna try to remind you of some worldly identity to try to keep you down, all that stuff's going to happen. And you're going to have to say, no, that's not me anymore. You're mm-hmm. going to have to stand up. And that is going to give you the kind of character that God says, okay, now I can give this to him. That's what happens. Now he can catch the ball. Now that he's revealed the truth, now that he's revealed who he really is, now that he's admitted he was wrong to his wife, now that he's gone through all of this, he can be the guy who caught the ball. That's who you can be. Now God opens the doors for things you didn't even know were going to be there, but it's not going to happen if you just settle. And that doesn't mean, again, please hear me. I'm not saying quit your job and move to Omaha. I'm just saying find something that excites you.
0: <laughs> what's in Omaha <laughs> sorry just <straight. laughs> Omaha just was funny <laughs> so this has been Paul McDonald and Britt Mooney talking about best old times go check it out it's football time go go watch a uh, uh, classic football movie and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it and we hope you join us next time here on the Minute the Movies podcast side has been awakened. I can no longer
1: be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be?